Hebrews chapter number 10. This morning we'll read responsively verses 19 through verse number 25. Hebrews chapter number 10, beginning in verse number 19, I'll read out loud. Then you'll join me on verse number 20. We'll alternate down through verse number 25. Hebrews chapter number 10 this morning, beginning in verse number 19. The Bible says in Hebrews 10:19, having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he hath consecrated for us through the veil that is to say his flesh, in having an high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another unto good works. I'm sorry. We'll start on verse 24 if I could read this morning. It would be helpful. That's all right. Who teaches reading the school? Not me. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as ye see the day approaching. Let's pray. Lord, we love you and we thank you for the word of God. Lord, thank you for the simplicity of scripture. Lord, thank you for the applicability of the word of God to our lives today. Well, we thank you for our preacher and the time he spends studying, the time he spends in prayer with you. But Lord, his walk with you will not be enough to make this morning a success nor impactful in our lives. May each and every one of us spend just a moment yielding ourselves to you, getting our minds prepared. May our hearts be tender. May our minds be focused on the truth that you've prepared for us through your word, through the man of God. Speak to us now this morning. We'll ask your hand on the service, and we'll ask all these things in your name. Amen. You may be seated. I need your attention for this morning. If you'll do me a favor, keep your Bible open if, if you still have it there. If not, just hold on. But I, I want to talk to you today. Uh, I'm going to preach, teach a little bit of both uh, this morning. It's a shame that in America, what I'll say today is foreign to a lot of people. I've been on the mission field. I've preached in Mexico. I've been in villages where they had never seen a white man in their entire life. I would expect what I preach today to be foreign in a place like that. Not in America. I go soul winning and we reach people with our our van and different things. And we are now reaching a point in America where when children come to our church, they don't even know who Jesus is. We have to start from the beginning. What a shame. This is where America is at. Our world is running away from God as fast as it can. Man is headlong into humanism. What is humanism? Man being his own God. The book of Judges said that every man did that which was right in his own eyes. And boy, 
If there's ever been a generation in our world that says every man does that which is right in his own eyes, it's today's world. People don't know if they're a man or a woman. Folks, it's not real hard to figure out. Really isn't. Uh, I can take you to the farm and show you two bulls don't make a cow. Two roosters don't have eggs. Everybody doing okay? It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure it out. And it's so bad that you now have public education that is training our children on purpose to confuse them of to what they are, even to the point where if you want to be a dog or a cat or some other animal, you can. And there are now litter boxes in the bathrooms of our public school system. Now, I hate to tell you something. That's not right. The very same people, if you did that in your home, would come take the children away saying you weren't caring for them. Man lives for pleasure. Man lives for sports, entertainment, video games, making money, and has replaced church with everything they can. Church has become a place for Old people, right-wing fanatics and cultish people. Churches become a place for weak, unintelligent people to go believe a fairy tale. America and the world has turned or allowed himself to turn man into being his own God. By the way, this has been the plan of Satan since Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3, Satan tempted Adam and Eve and said, Look, in the day thou eatest, you could be like gods, knowing good and evil. I read in Revelation 2, you need not turn there, verse number 24. But I say unto you and unto the rest in Thyatira, as many as not, not this doctrine, and which have not known the depths of Satan. As they spake, I put upon you none other burden. Satan has had a deep laid plan. The depths of Satan. And the depths of Satan is to get man to be his own God. You now see commercials on television from the Sodomites, the alphabet soup crowd, whatever you want to call them. They now run ads about Jesus saying, Jesus understands us and would love us. Yes, he would love you. He gave his life for you, but he would not condone what you're doing. They're even perverting his name by emphasizing the U.S. in it. Man wanting to be his own savior. Everybody doing okay? You mad at me now? You're going to get mad enough to kill somebody in a little while here. Hang on. I need to make something very clear as the foundation of the sermon today. Please don't get angry with this statement, but it's a very true statement. Religion is not God's definition of Christianity. Religion is not God's definition of Christianity. 
Just because something is religious or uses God's name or Jesus' name doesn't mean that it's right. How many curse words have you heard? Doesn't make it religious. I get so upset with people using God's name in vain these days. Uh, I've said it before. I'll say it again. I was couple weeks ago out somewhere and somebody said something and used God's name in vain I said how come you don't use Allah how come you don't use Muhammad's name and use that word well, that wouldn't be right that would be offensive I said you just offended me that's my God shut your mouth the preacher you didn't do that did you yep they're dumb enough to say it I'm smart enough to con- contradict them Sincere people using God's name to believe what they want and to try to merit God's righteousness on their own account is not Christianity. The very word Christian came about as a word of persecution in the book of Acts. It was a derogatory term given to those who preached the doctrine of this Jesus the Christ. Bible says they were called Christians first in Antioch. They didn't even call them Christians in the time of Jesus' time here on earth. It wasn't until after his death, burial, and resurrection. Now, when you stray from the teachings of the word of God and from the doctrines of Jesus Christ, it ceases to be Christianity. Everybody understand that? What is the root word of Christianity? Christ. Christian. Christ-like. The word Christian means Christ-like one. Well, Jesus didn't preach a watered-down, believe-what-you-want doctrine. Jesus didn't wiggle when he walked. Jesus wasn't light in the loafers or sandals. I'm not saying that religious people are bad people. But it doesn't make them a Christian just because they're sincere. Jesus began his earthly ministry by starting something new. It was called the church. Matthew chapter 16, verse number 16. If you turn there with me, you'll find out Jesus starts the church. Matthew chapter 16, verse number 16. Matthew 16, look at verse number 16. Uh, let's, let's go back up to verse 13. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, Others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He saith unto them, the disciples, but whom say ye that I am. And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed this unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Watch this. And I say also unto thee, Thou art Peter. The word Peter there is the word Petrus. means pebble. means like one of those stones you get in your shoe? That's what the word Peter means. And upon this rock, 
I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever that shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Now look at me. The church was not begun on Peter as a pope. He said, I'm not going to build the church on a pebble. He said, I'm going to build it on a rock. Very interesting. Jesus is the cornerstone. He is the foundation. By the way, if you went to the book of Hebrews and the book of Exodus, if you remember when the children of Egypt left Egypt and went into uh, the wilderness, Moses took his rod and struck a, struck a rock and water came forth. Jesus is the water of life. According to the Bible, the Bible says that that rock that followed them was Christ. Now look at me. Upon this rock, I will build my church. Jesus was the first pastor. He started the church. Did you know that three years ago, the word COVID, nobody knew what it was? It was a new word. It was a new concept. Now you say it, everybody in the world knows what it is. 2,000 years ago, the word church was a very new word. But it caught on pretty quick. Now, the temple and the synagogue were not churches. They were places people met and gathered, much like a town square would be. They would do their shopping. Religious people would be there. The temple was a bit more the religious side of things, but it had become more of a place of merchandise. By the way, that's why on Palm Sunday, which supposedly is today, do you know what Jesus did on Palm Sunday? I love this story. If you went back and read in the New Testament, you find out Jesus went into the temple, made a cat of nine tails or a, a whip and started chasing people out and kicking the tables over and saying, you're not going to do business in my house. You've turned it into a den of thieves. That's what he did on Palm Sunday. <laughs> Sounds like my kind of preacher, amen? Kicking things over. Religious people would be there, but it wasn't a church. A church was something new. I want you to notice something. Jesus didn't say, upon this rock, I'll build my denomination. The word church, the word ekklesia, the Greek word, it means a local called out assembly of people for the purpose of learning, teaching, and propagating the word of God. That's what a church is. It is a called out assembly. It's not a general assembly of people. Jesus was the first pastor. Well, who were the first members? The disciples and their families. He called them, if you remember. And they left their nets and followed him. They left their business and followed him. They came out from what they were to be something else and to learn and to do what he did. Now listen to this. They were called out. In three years, 
when you look at the resurrection of Jesus, remember when uh, Jesus saw Mary and she recognized who he was and said, Rabboni, and he said, don't touch me, I've not yet ascended to the Father. I told him this Wednesday night. He said, you go tell my brethren and I'll meet with you the first day of the week, Sunday. And there was about 120 in that upper room, remember? That was church service, an evening church service. He said, I'll meet you there the first day of the week. By the way, there's no such thing as Good Friday. You can't get three days and three nights from Friday to Sunday morning. People can't count. Now, here's the sermon. If Jesus started a church and he used the church as a model for all ages ever since, why are we not obeying him as a church, as a whole, in our society today? I don't believe Jesus started the church for those who had nothing else to do. Matter of fact, I see business people leaving their businesses to be part of it. Politicians. Thank God. I mean, uh, now wait a minute. It was started so that we could leave the world, come together We could agree on truth and be energized by it to take the truth back out to the world in our jobs and in our living. But it was a place where we would gather on a regular basis, and that is why Jesus started it. We need a place away from the world and the worldly influences so that we can grow and be more of what he told us about in that book right there. Please don't get mad at me when I say this, but honestly, don't care if you do. That's why this church isn't going to look like, act like, sound like, or be like the world. We're not to be bringing the world's music into the church and putting God's words to it. We're not to be bringing the world's ways into the church and saying, well, we're just trying to reach out and reach everybody. No, God said, come out from among them. And be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. We now have unclean churches. Brother Josh, I'm going to borrow you for a second. Brother Olaf used to say it this way. Come on over here. Staying right about there. 75 years ago, this was the church and that was the world. Take a step to your right. And over the last 75 years, the world keeps getting worse and worse. One more step. I won't let you go in the baptistry. (laughs) And we say, I'm still the same distance from the world that we've always been. Here's the problem. Most churches are more worldly than the world was 75 years ago. Have a seat. The average Southern gospel or contemporary Christian group in America looks worse than the Beatles did back in the 60s. Those of you that were old enough, I wasn't. 
I was born then, but I don't remember the 60s. Those of you that are old enough, and I've talked to the old preachers that used to preach back through the 60s, I've seen pictures of the Beatles. They talked about how worldly and how nasty these guys were. Shoot. Most contemporary Christians don't look that good. Say, what should have taken place? Brother Josh, can I borrow you again? I just want to make sure he's awake this morning. <laughs> As the world got worse and worse, and worse and worse, and worse and worse, one more step, worse and worse, this is the way it's supposed to be. We're not supposed to be moving to keep the same distance. We're supposed to stand on the rock and not move. Now you can have a seat and stay there for a while. Yeah, you can go back to sleep with everybody else, all right? Church is not a place to worship. If you noticed on the sign, it doesn't say Sunday morning worship, Sunday night worship, and Wednesday night worship service. Do you know what worship is? Worship is me telling God how wonderful he is, how great he is. Let me change gears for a second. I love my wife. I'll tell my wife in public I love her, but I can love her in private a whole lot better than I can in public. Y'all know what I'm talking about? The word worship is an intimate word the same way. Worship is something you and God do one-on-one, and you talk to him about how wonderful and how great he is. So I walked through these buildings this morning and I stood at virtually every chair in this room and went to the nursery and all the Sunday school classrooms. And I, I asked God to help you and I told God how wonderful he was. And he and I just loved on each other for a while. That was worship. It's not what's happening right here. Worship is me telling God how great he is. And you won't find one public worship service anywhere in the Bible. I challenge you, look for it. It's not there. Well, it's just a word, preacher. No, you've changed the meaning of the word. Gay used to mean happy. You want somebody calling you that now? We've changed the meaning of the word and we just accept what it's been changed to. Everybody doing all right? Playing music, singing the same words over and over and over and over and over and over and swaying to the music and playing guitars and drums and uh, tambourines and everybody sitting there doing this singing. Same words over and over, the songs that do not end, and they all have the same thing, and just three or four chords, and we're doing this. That's not a praise and worship service. I hate to disappoint you. That's the world, not God. And we have brought the world into the churches, and now the churches are more worldly than the world was 50, 60, 70 years ago. God tells us in Hebrews 10.25, 
not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but so much the more, or but exhorting one another so much and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Last week I mentioned this. I'm not going to act it out real quick because I got to hurry up. That word, the day approaching, that means the day is moving as well as we are moving. And as the day gets closer, we are getting closer, and it seems like it's going faster and faster. Number one. Well, YouTube, Facebook, Live, boating, etc. is not the church. Well, we have a, uh, an eye church. An internet church. Gag. Why would Jesus start a church and tell us not to forsake it if he didn't want us to be a part of it? He tells us that we need it more and more, not less and less, as the day approaches. So, number one, the church is not what we would use this term, a general assembly. Turn to Hebrews chapter 12 for a moment. Just a couple pages over. Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12, look at verse number 23. To the general assembly and church... Of the firstborn. Notice the word and. Does that mean that that's something different than a general assembly? Yes. Huh. Which were written in heaven and to God the judge of all and to the spirits of just men made perfect. And Jesus the mediator of the new covenant and the blood of sprinkling that he spake of better things than that of Abel. I want you to notice the term general assembly. I'm not into big, deep scholarly, I don't read, uh, what are those things, commentaries. Most of those are written by people that couldn't preach their way out of a wet paper bag. Uh, most of them are written by people that didn't do anything for God, and they know more than what God said in his word. But the term general assembly means an assembly of all people for pleasure. A gathering for a festival. It literally is the word convocation. wonder how many churches use the term convocation for their church service. By the way, they're doing it right because it's not church. It's just a meeting of people for enjoyment, for pleasure. Putting their time in. Sports events are general assemblies. Family reunions, family activities are general assemblies. Everybody doing okay? Camping, fishing, hunting, boating, and the movie house are general assemblies. A religious meeting, just to have a religious meeting, is a general assembly. None of these are the word church. Social meetings and hot dog parties and etc. are not church. Don't get mad at me. Drug and alcohol recovery programs are not church. 
I'm for cleaning up drunks and drug addicts. I, I've, I've, I've worked with thousands of them. I've seen God clean up a pretty tough crowd. You don't need a 10-step, 2-step, 7-step, 11-step, 14-step. You need the Word of God sticking it right down your throat. Guaranteed. Anybody doing okay? You can't park a car at the lake and it becomes a boat. You can't go to a church building and say you went to church either. Just because the name says church doesn't mean it is one. And just because you went there doesn't mean you got any better. So, God says not this general assembly stuff. Now, listen to me very carefully. Those doors are open for anybody that wants to come anytime. I have no problem with that. You don't have to be a member of this church to come. But I will tell you this, God wants you to be a member somewhere. I believe you ought to be a member of the right kind of church. Well, uh, preacher, I mean, some of you older folks, bear with me. Well, you know, all my family's buried back behind the church. We'll dig them up. We'll put them in the field next door. (laughs) Most of these churches have more people buried out back than they do going inside anyway. My mom's buried down the street. Doesn't mean that I'm going to go down there and go to church. Everybody doing okay? I love the memory of my mom. I know where her grave is, but that doesn't make it church. Everybody doing all right? I I just happen to believe that I have friends that have changed. They're still my friends, but I don't spend much time with them. When they start preaching strange doctrine, I step away from them. You say, why? I don't want to be that way. So why should we be a part of something we disagree with? Number two. Aren't you glad I only have three points this morning? (laughs) The church was the only institution Jesus started. And he showed us what it was supposed to be. The word uh, in Hebrews 10.25. I want you to notice Hebrews 10.25. Not forsaking the assembling the word assemble there means is the word ecclesia in the Greek. Now, I realize the I-N-G is not in the Greek. Don't hold me to that, but you would understand it that way. That is the word churching. God says, do not forsaking the churching of ourselves together as the manner of some is. That is literally the word churching. When you go to Hebrews 12, 23, where it says to the general assembly, that is not the word ecclesia. It's more in line with the word synagogue. Then he says, and the church, the ecclesia. The church and the general assembly are different. Now watch this for a second here. Turn to Ephesians chapter 3. You can get mad at God. I'm going to read the scripture. I'm not telling you what I think. I'll tell you what God said. Look at Ephesians chapter 3. I'm just the mailman. Don't get mad at me. When the mailman brings your, your bills, you can't get mad at him. You're the one that did the bills. Amen. 
Ecclesiastes chapter 3, look at verse number 15. I'm sorry, Ephesians. I got the E right. Hey, you don't have to be perfect to come here, amen? Ephesians chapter 3, look at verse number 15. Of whom the whole family in heaven and earth are named. That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by the spirit in the inner man. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith that ye being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, unto him be glory in the what? Church. By Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. So God tells us here what's supposed to take place in the church. I didn't see hot dog parties. I didn't see swim parties. I didn't say, uh, see all these things that we do for fun. He didn't mention praise and worship teams. But he did talk about being rooted and grounded in love, the length and depth of the love of Christ, being filled with the Spirit and all those things. That's what's supposed to be done at church, according to Romans 3.21. Look at or Ephesians 3.21. Look at Ephesians 5, verse number 30. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they twain shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery. <laughs> Marriage always is. Uh, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. God said that we are to be, our marriage relationship is a picture of what church is supposed to be. No wonder more than half the marriages in America end in divorce. Now, if you've been divorced, you're not an evil, dirty, nasty person that God hates. There's only two things you can't do as a divorced person scripturally pastor and be a deacon in the church but i don't think that we ought to just be uh you know every 10 years cashing them in for a new one this june 24th i will have been married 33 years and we're just getting started i believe you stay married to the one you got that's god's plan now but I want you to notice God talks about marriage in the church. When things get tough, you don't run out on your marriage. Then why do we run out of church when we don't like something? Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Just back a few more pages from where you were at. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I must hurry. And I will, I promise. 1 Corinthians 12, look at verse number 12. And I'm going to read quite a bit of verses here. I might stop and scream a while in between, but hang on. For as the body is one, and hath many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. Look at me. What you see before you is my body. Wonderful specimen. <laughs> ten fingers, ten toes. Most of them are in working order. 
two arms, two legs, all, all of it's there. There's many parts to my body, some are bigger than they used to be. But it still makes up one body, correct? If I came out here with three legs and four arms, you'd say something's wrong, preacher. True? Yeah. Now watch this. Look at verse number 13. For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body. Whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, because I am not of the hand, I am not of the body, it is therefore not of the body. In other words, if your foot says, well, because I can't be a hand, I don't want to be a part of your body, so I'm no longer part of your body. That's like somebody saying, just because I don't want to be a man and I want to be a woman, then I can be a woman. God talks about it right here. Just because you think it doesn't mean it's true. Everybody doing okay? Verse 16. And if the ear shall say, because I am not of the eye, I am not of the body, is it not therefore of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? Oh, is that my life's verse right now? Two and a half years with no smell. But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body as it pleased him. And if they were all one member, where were the body? But now there are many members, yet but one body. And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more those members being uh, of one body, which seem to be more feeble or necessary. And those members of the body, which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor. And our uncomely parts, that's your face, have more abundant comeliness. For our comely parts have no need, but God hath tempered the body together, hath given more abundant honor to the part which lacked, that there should be no schism in the body but that the members should have the same care one for another. Whether one member suffereth, all members suffer it. Whether one member be honored, all members rejoice with it. Now you are the body of Christ and the members in particular, and God has set some into what? Church. So all this was about it being a church. First apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after the miracles, then gifts of healing, helps governments, diversity of tongues. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all workers of miracles, have uh, all the gift of healing, do all speak tongues, do all interpret, but covet earnestly the best gifts that you show. And yet I say unto you a more excellent way. God says, look, there are people of diversity in every church, but it's one church. But I want you to notice something. It says a member. When you go to the doctor because you cut your finger, you don't cut your finger off and send it to the doctor and let him sew it together and then mail it back to you and you put it back on. If your finger's cut bad enough to go to the hospital to get sewed up, you've got to take the rest of your body with you. Anybody understand? You know, it doesn't take rocket science to figure that out. I realize some of you take your ears out and some of you take your eyes off and some of you take your teeth out or whatever. Uh, but in general, 
The body's one part. He wants us in one place learning real truth, not learning the world's philosophies. Not living the world's way, but living his way and learning his way here. He doesn't want us to be an artificial limb. He wants us to be a growing, thriving part. He wants us to be a usable part, not just one taking up space. He allows us to be, but we would call that fat. Just taking up more space than necessary that we're trying to get rid of. Amen? Notice the key word, we. He wants us to be a member, not a cyst or a tumor. Turn to Acts chapter 2. I have so much more to say, but I'm not going to get through it. I'm going to quit in about three minutes. So hang on. Acts chapter 2, look at verse number 41. Acts chapter 2, verse number 41. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and in fellowship and breaking of bread. Now, look down at verse 47. Praising God and having favor with all the people in the Lord added to the what? Church. Daily such as should be saved. So this adding to was to the church. If Jesus started the church, if Jesus pastored the church, Jesus attended the church, and Jesus, after Pentecost, told the apostles to take it out and start having other churches and seeing the churches grow, and there were people being added to the church, don't you think being part of the church is an important thing? So, he was not talking about the temple or religious things. Matter of fact, in John chapter 2, verses 18 through 22, he was talking to the people of the temple and he said, I'll destroy the temple and raise it again in three days. What? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit of God. Temple worship has been done away with. Now your body is the temple. So, how do you become a member of the church? Well, first of all, you have to know for sure you're going to heaven. You have to be saved. Realize you're a sinner because we're all sinners. We all deserve hell. Jesus came and paid our sin debt for us. And you trust Jesus Christ in him alone to take you to heaven. Step number one. Step number two, to be a member of the church, Jesus was baptized. That's why John baptized Jesus. By the way, it was 300 years before there ever was a Catholic church. Catholic church did not start till 330 AD under Constantine. Say, well, what kind of church did Jesus start? John the what? That wasn't his last name. There have been Baptists for 300 years before there ever was the word Catholic. So you have to be baptized by immersion. The word baptized represents the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. The word baptizo, the word baptized means to submerse, to bury if you look through the book of Romans, and I'll be teaching on it in weeks to come, talks says that they were all buried with him in the Red Sea. They went into. Anyway, maybe you've been saved and baptized. You've 
want to make a change in church membership. Maybe you're a member of another church. You can transfer your membership. Maybe it's been so long since you've been a member, you don't even know where you were a member. You can still join our church. We would call it by something, as long as you've been saved and baptized by immersion, Christian experience. That doesn't matter. It's just a term we use. But may I say something? I think we all ought to be a member of a church. This is not a day and age where everyone goes to church or wants to be a member. It's not talked about anymore. But may I say something? God hadn't changed his mind and God didn't change his word. Church is a safe place for you and your family to be away from the worldly influences. By the way, church is not a place of perfect people, including me. I'm going to make some mistakes. But I'll promise you it's done out of love, not out of malice. It's a place where we can gather around the Bible, be strengthened because of the words of God, not the philosophies of the world. It's to help us through the hard times. May I say, I'm, I'm going to make a statement here. We need to be faithful to church in the good times so that when the hard times come, we stay in church. You won't be faithful to church in the hard times if you're not faithful in the good times. You need church as a habit of good times. We need to make church a habit. People are addicted to alcohol. They're addicted to drugs. They're addicted to cigarettes. They're addicted to uh, video games. They're addicted to anything and everything. But can I tell you something? We need to be addicted to church. We need to get others to come and be a part of the family. Our family ought to grow. That's God's plan. One more time, the doors are always open. You're welcome to come and attend whether you're a member or not. I, I'm just t- telling you what God said. I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to be mad at you if you don't join this church. But I will tell you something. I believe you ought to be a member of something that's as close to that as you can get. Especially, God says, not forsaking it as you see the day approaching. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get this kind of help anywhere else. Promise you that. <laughs>